Ireland Talks podcast with Kevin Byrne. As some of you may or may not know, this pub is under threat of being converted into a hotel. That's Tomás Mulligan of the Cobblestone Pub on King Street in Dublin. Yesterday, the 29th of November 2021, Dublin City Council refused planning permission for a hotel to be built on the site of the Cobblestone. There were over 700 objections to the permission and also 35,000 signatures. In its decision, Dublin City Council sets out four reasons why it refused permission for the development, largely relating to the size and impact on historic structures. Also, it would not be a positive contribution to the urban character of the area. Yesterday evening, I dropped by the cobblestone to have a chat with Tomás, a very relieved Tomás Mulligan. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Dublin City Council made the decision... um, not to grant permission uh, for a hotel to be built here. So that's a that's a huge uh, thing for yourselves, y- you, your family, and obviously the musicians that uh, come and play here in the pub. Yeah, everyone is everyone's over the moon at the moment. Uh, we are aware that it's, it's not the end of the road. It's not the end of the, the war to, to keep this place here because there's a lot of money invested in turning it into a hotel. So I don't think those people are uh, going to just be gracious in the feet, you know. Uh, but today, nonetheless, is a day to celebrate, and that's that's what we're all doing today. We're all absolutely ecstatic. Yeah. Did the news come early this morning? I was woken up by uh, I was woken up by my phone was full, and I just had it on silent. I had a day off. I'm a, I'm a teacher as well, and I had a day off school today, um, just by happenstance, and yeah. so I had a nice lie in, and then I got a phone call off. I think I was woken up by my dad going, where the hell are you? It, it's been rejected. You know, and I had loads of missed calls and loads of messages. So, yeah, you couldn't wake up to any better news, really. Absolutely. And particularly on a day off. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I, I even took another day off. Yeah, brilliant. Brilliant. And so many people got behind it. Yeah. Uh, the likes of Steve Wall out of the stunning Glenn Hansford, mm-hmm. Melda May, to name but a few. Even some of the politicians, I think even Leo Vradker said that you know, there's no way should permission be granted for for this uh, development. Yeah, it seemed to it seemed to capture the hearts of the of the nation. Um, yeah, a lot of people came out in, uh, but but what really kicked it off was the people who go here, the people who, um, like John Francis Flynn, was a very good friend of mine, um, and he was he was one of the first people to really make a big public post about it. He's been with us. From the start on this, uh, Ono Canavan as well. Both of the, both of those lads are in a band called Skippers Alley, and both of them won separate awards at the RT Folk Awards there, along with E Vagabonds. And it was just crazy that I think over half of the performers that won awards at the Folk Awards would consider this place very much a home of them, and they made speeches uh, thanking the Cobblestone, dedicating their awards to the Cobblestone saying that they wouldn't be here if it wasn't for this place. So uh, at the ground level, the the grassroots level, the, the effort that was put in by some of the musicians and our friends and patrons of this place, like we are, 
there, there's an immeasurable debt owed by us to them and that's what made people like Glenn Hansard uh, and all the politicians and uh, take notice because yeah people who people who are really closely linked to this place kicked up an absolute fuss over it and oh, we're beyond grateful you know yeah. Tomas, tell me about the tell me about the history of the pub. Right. Um, so I believe there was fellas, fellas um, Stuart Redden, who ran the History Society around here, and his friend, his friend uh, Finn Dwyer, who runs the Irish History Podcast. Um, they were able to date a pub on this corner back to 1670. Wow. So that's before William of Orange came over, you know, uh, the Battle of the Point. Like, that's a pub being here that long is, is marvellous. Yeah. I think it, this building in its current iteration has been here maybe since the mid-1800s. Um, and our family has been here since I was born, anyway. So I was born at the end of 1989. They... Uh, I think my dad started here around 88 or 87 and uh, apart from like leaving and going off for about a year that this has been this has been the main the main haunt for us yeah. and uh, about 25 years ago he decided right it's music he's just he was gonna take a gamble it was like a social experiment that uh, see what we can do for the music, have it on every day. And he lost a lot of customers over that. Uh, a lot of people were like, ah, this isn't my buzz, all this fiddle my piddle stuff, and left. And it was a hard few years. And, but then it just started getting a name as a place where musicians could go, where they could learn, where they could witness people who were like breaking through to another level. Uh, and those people now would be huge musicians. And I feel that's kind of what Kind of what you're witnessing when you come in here now, you're seeing a load of people who are on the cusp of greatness and that just keeps on recycling, you know? Yeah. As they as they promote themselves and move on to another level, they're teaching people who are coming up as well. And yeah, it's just it's a constant stream of new talent coming in and new talent getting to develop themselves in here. Yeah, because I've I've heard it said that uh from your dad's point of view, a lot of musicians, uh, when they came here, they felt, okay, they weren't the best, but mm. they were encouraged. Yeah. And, you know, I heard him interviewed only recently where he said that that's where the Balaclavas came from yes. because, you know, uh, people didn't or couldn't, yeah. uh, you know, get up or do the song or whatever, but that's where the encouragement uh, yeah. and where the Balaclavas came from, which yeah. I thought was quite interesting. It's kind of learning to play together is... Yeah. I think that does so much more for you than maybe studying theory would. You know, it's your you're immersed in it. And like anyone, like that's why the Gale Talk exists, for people to immerse themselves in our language. Immersion is the, immersion is just so, it's, it's key to education and learning. And uh, like, without this place, I'd still be terrible. Uh, I, don't, I don't consider myself a great musician by any stretch, but this place encouraged me I got immersed in it yeah. uh, and I learned so much from just watching and listening and talking to people just about and, and get, get so many different perspectives and uh, yeah now I've got a gig here every Monday you know? <laughs> Brilliant and of course all the family play All the family do Your, your dad was kind of late to music and, and was it yourself yeah, that pushed yeah. him into Jesus this story got out yeah yeah. Uh, yeah he's always talking about this uh, 
So we used to go to um, Clontarf Coltis. That's like far away from where we live, but it's a good, there's a good ethos behind it. Uh, Kyotori Clontarf, as it's called now, because it's separated from Coltis. But uh, yeah, there's great ethos, a great uh, encouragement for learning there. And I met a, so many of my friends there. Um, and so every Irish musician, I suppose you could say, goes through this period in their life where they call it the phase, where they're like, can I swear on this, can I? Of course you can. Oh, yeah, they're like, fuck that. <laughs> uh, and I'm, not, I'm not doing that music anymore. It's, <laughs> it's wrecking my head. And you, you just completely reject it. And uh, then eventually you realise how cool it actually is and you come back to it. And I would say that, that the phase is getting smaller and smaller now because Irish music is kind of, it's, it's in, you know? Like mm. a lot of people really like it. Um, so I was going through the phase and... Um, my dad was like, he wanted me to go back to accordion lessons. And I was like, no, I'm fucking not doing it. You don't do it. Why should I do it? How the fuck do you get away with this? And I was like maybe 14 or 15 at the time. And he was like, right, fine. I'll tell you, if, if I go and learn how to play something, will you go? And I was like, yeah thinking that he wouldn't and the next thing he, he has a flute <laughs> he's, he's going back and he's learning and he's been non-stop playing since so that's like over 15 years I think he's playing and uh, and he called my bluff so I had to go back this year and like the next year I dropped out anyway I was like no no I'm not doing it anymore but when I got to my 20s I was looking back on looking back at a load of my friends who kept it on and I was like ah why did I listen to myself <laughs> I should have listened to my parents didn't want to say it to them but uh, they were right so I went back on the guitar and uh, I, I just taken up the accordion again this year uh, I may go into the balaclavas and, and how is that going? accordion uh, it's, it's laborious work like I get very frustrated with it you know the hands not doing what, they, what you tell them to yeah. do but uh, I'm seeing progress like, I, I remember a lot more than uh, I thought I did so that just shows you there's something special with music that it, it does stick with you it sticks in your veins um so yeah i i, I made i made a, a loud arrogant declaration in front of a few friends there last week that this time next year i'll be playing in the session <laughs> with the accordion so i have a lot of work you have to a do. lot of pressure yeah yeah i put it all on myself but uh yeah my dad my dad hasn't stopped hasn't looked back he's uh He's been playing, he plays one or two of the sessions in here every week. He absolutely loves it. And uh, yeah, I'm proud of him, really proud of him, you know? Yeah, brilliant. And like, so many famous people come to this pub. Yeah. Like Steve Martin, I, I read, arrived here with a, with a banjo one yeah, night. Yeah, I was working that night. Um, maybe it was like 2009 or 10, I think. He came in with Mary Black, I think. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he's very good. I think it's a five string banjo he yeah. plays. And uh, him and his crew, they're shit hot, like very, very good, very enjoyable stuff. And they sat, it, it, they didn't just play their own stuff, like they sat in and like tried to mesh in with the session and uh, no airs and graces about them now, they were very nice. Um, who else has come in? Billy Connolly. Billy Connolly. Yeah, yeah, he played a great set in here. Um, who was here? Uh, of course, the Blacks are big uh, supporters of the Cobblestone. Yeah, big time. Yeah, you know, not e even before you know the controversy with the planning. They were always yeah. You always heard the Blacks mention the the Cobblestone. Yeah, and it's like that's so much like what would the term be like social credit going around the place just for just for encouraging music at a grassroots level that 
this this um, culture cobblestone tune challenge that's been going on at the moment, while the while the city council are making their deliberations, like Mundy's participated in it, Glenn Hansard has, Lisa O'Neill, who's always a friend of this pub, uh, Lancome. Uh, there's just so many people like coming out and. It's a, it's all very overwhelming. Like it's emotional stuff, you yeah, know, to see that like a chance that your dad took thirty years ago has, has impacted people's lives so much and and impacted them hugely. Yeah, big time. Because yeah. it's it's genuine stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Like you know? you know, there's a real there's a real air of that that there's no there's no falsities here. That it's like there's genuine emotion behind this campaign and. It's something that people don't want to see go. You see a lot of comments online, a lot of shitheads just yeah. going, uh, I saw it today and I had to stop looking at it because it just it's not good for your head. Um, people just going, oh yay, we get dereliction now. And I go, guarantee these people haven't, they've, all they've done is look, looked at a picture of a pub that has been deliberately allowed to go derelict so they could apply for planning yeah. permission for a hotel. Yeah. People who are saying this haven't been inside the place haven't felt the balls in here and it's yeah because of course uh, you know it's a feeling yeah I, I walked in there this evening I, I was sitting waiting for yourself to come down but you just get that yeah. feeling that comes over if, you yeah you know which is as you say they don't understand that feeling no, no you know no and like you'd love to look it's not for everyone but um like it's not for everyone, but like, don't come then, you know. Like this brings so much joy yeah. to so many people. Like, the amount of friends that I've met through here from all over the world. Um, it's like the world comes to you mm. here, you know, and it's it's a beautiful thing. Like it was, it was a, there was a massive amount of signatures. Uh, was it twenty nine thousand or, or I think more? It got, I think it got up to like thirty four, yeah. thirty five thousand. Yeah. Uh, just on a petition. Not that that holds any weight, but. Like that's a it's a massive amount of people, uh, people that just were willing to just say no, mm. don't let this happen. I don't know what power this holds, but just willing to put their name to it. Mm. That's important. When, when were you first notified that this was, you know, about to take place? Um, I knew for I knew for a while that it was going to happen. Uh, just never knew when the hammer was going to fall and. Also, was never really allowed to talk about it. That was under under my dad's wishes, because he's like, "Hey, if you if you annoy the powers that be, we could be out in our arse here and just get tossed." So, the moment that it went up, I think it was on the fourth of October, and it was nailed to the wall outside the pub. Uh, people were get people were sending pictures of it to us, going, "What what's going on here?" And so my sisters and I start speaking, and we're like, "Well." He can't stop us talking about it now because if everyone else is going to talk about it and we don't show how annoyed we're, we are here, it's going to look like we're part of this conspiracy yeah. to take down our own home here. Yeah. So uh, that's when we that's when we allowed ourselves to kick off about it on the 4th of October. But we knew that something was coming for a while. We just always felt that we were on borrowed time here. Um, yeah, which is kind of upsetting because yeah. like everybody would always talk about like, Oh, the future of this place would be great, and I'd be like, "Oh, does it have one?" Yeah, you, you know, know that like question, not able to not that unanswered question. Yeah, but not able to really like convey that to friends and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, 
So yeah, maybe maybe the announcement that it was happening was probably the best thing for the place for us to be able to talk about it. And then in a sense, that announcement came very close to when obviously we had the decision today. So there wasn't mm-hmm. a long period of time. One month. One, one month. month. Yeah. One month between the between the announcement of it and the deadline for the deadline for objections and uh, I think the 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 amount of objections put in and they're, like it's not cheap like it's 20 euro you know a lot of people don't yeah. have that to spare but whoever did over 700 objections went in and Incredible. I remember talking to someone about it uh, who works in architecture and uh, planning and I was like, well, what's what's a bad number if you are trying to get something passed? And he's like, good God, like 16 or 15. And like, we got 700 yeah. in, you know? So, like, that's... Well, that, that really does tell you, you yeah, know? Yeah, it does, yeah. It tells you an awful lot. So now to the to the future. Ooh, that's it. Today is a day for celebration, but we won't be taking the foot off the gas here because I think what what's happened here is... Um, it's very indicative of a wider problem that Dublin mm. uh, and not just Dublin Ireland is facing at the moment that it's it's being sold off to the highest bidder oh, yeah. what's the point in living here like who, who is this who is this country for who is this town for Dublin's the theatre that's playing out of at the moment because it's because it's the capital city it's mm. it's, uh, it's probably the biggest port Um so close to Britain and uh, Europe it's just yeah it's just developers and speculators are, are playing their games here and we're all collateral damage mm. so the campaign that we organised around it Dublin is dying yeah uh, it's, it's nowhere near finished we also know that the cobblestone is still under threat like I, I, I believe that they will probably try and reimagine their plans based off the objections uh, and try and get something else done, but that's I suppose that's all. That's all for tomorrow <laughs> because today is celebration. Oh, we're on cloud nine today. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, ca- I can't even look past today. At the moment, I'm so happy. Well, Tomas, uh, it's great. It's fantastic news. It's great that I'm here on the day that it happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great that yeah. this worked out. Actually. Yeah, it, yeah, absolutely. So I wish you all the very best in the future. Thank you, thank you. And uh, have a good celebration tonight. We will, we will. Ishvini uh, Naharam will be rocking the pub. Um, yeah, look, if you ever ever want to chat about it again, if there's any more developments, uh, I'll happily speak to you. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thanks a million, Tomas. Thank you. Cobblestone Pub and thanks very much to Tomas Mulligan and the staff at the Cobblestone Pub for having us yesterday evening. That's it from Ireland Talks Podcast from me, Kevin Byrne. Take care. Bye-bye now.
Ireland Talks podcast at AOL.com. Find Ireland Talks podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts.